Hello and welcome to I Heard It on a Podcast, our little corner of the Wild West. My name is Riley. And mine is Isaiah, and we are so glad you're here with us today, uh, hanging out with us. And we're going to kick it off by finding out what's new in Riley's life. Mm. So, what's up with you, Riley? Oh, not much. Just, just hanging out. Um, one interesting thing, though, I was on a run last night uh, in the streets of D.C., and nice. there's been some leaves falling, falling on the ground and blowing around, and I like to step on them because they make a nice noise. So I was <laughs> running kind of in the gutter sort of area last night, and a really big leaf blew near my feet, and okay. I was like, that's the leaf I want to step on. That's that's nice. like the papa leaf. That's going to be a really Are nice crunch. Yeah. And so I am like positioning my foot to step on this leaf, you know. And at the last second, the leaf moves in a weird way, like not with the okay. wind. Okay. And right before I step on this leaf, I realize that's not a leaf. That's a big rat. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and this is this is a thing. There are rats in D.C., but I, uh, I'm about to step on it. My foot is less than an inch from oh this rat's gosh. body, and I think the rat knows too. It's it's, it's freaking out. <laughs> so I like pull my leg away towards the gutter, and I bang my leg on the side of the ledge, and the rat scurries away almost over my other foot, and I stumble oh, and catch gosh. myself on the ground and look around to see if anyone saw me do this. I didn't step on the rat, <laughs> thankfully, but it was. Yeah, gross and terrifying. I can't even imagine what it would felt like to step on that rat. I know. Ugh. Can you imagine if your story was I was running and I thought it was a leaf and I killed a rat instead? <laughs> oh man, that would be so yeah, gross. That's disgusting. Well, <laughs> yeah. I guess fall is in the air and yes. rats are on the ground. Fall is in the air <laughs> and the rats are on the ground. But ever since Ratatouille, I have a different perspective. I mean, that's true. It would kind of suck to step on, you know, such a kind humanoid little rat yeah maybe he has a burgeoning career as a as a chef yeah that would suck yeah i i, I can't <laughs> do that to a rat even though they are kind of gross and are always scurrying around benches and in planter pots and little things like that they're uh, i just have a weird relationship with them so you ever watch speaking about it to the little like short that came with the movie if you got it on dvd where it like kind of gave like Maybe. a history of rats and like it was narrated by like Remy and his brother or whatever. <laughs> no, and was it, it like animated? Through, like, yeah, it's like a, it's probably like 10 minutes or something like that. Just like talking about rats and like talked about how they like came over, like which species of rats they were and how some of them came to North America on like the ships and like how they spread the plague and kind of how they can like chew through steel and swim through toilets and just kind of like stuff like that. Weird. So and like, it's so crazy. Fa- they like have- factual. Yeah. Huh. It's like a little animated documentary with rats, but it's a Disney thing. So you should check it out. It's online somewhere, I'm sure. I'm not sure that I'm really looking to learn more about rats. <laughs> but Although, this is in an if I end up killing one with my foot, then I probably then will learn feel can like I need swim to. swim up your... Oh, you cut out there. So we're still recording remotely, which is... Uh, it's been fun technologically mm-hmm. because we spent like an hour before this trying to get set up and even still we're having some issues. So if we talk over each other and sound like we're insane, that's why. <laughs> well, that and the fact that we're insane. 
yeah, obviously. Sometimes we just do it for fun, but sure. Okay, well, let's let's move on because that devolved quickly. Yeah, I've got a question for you, Isaiah. It seems like you don't even mm. listen to your own podcast because we pretty clearly gave the advice to not get the new iPhone. It's not worth it. And what did you do like a couple of days ago? <sighs> well, I feel shamed and I feel cold <laughs> out, but I definitely did buy the new iPhone. <laughs> okay, can you explain um, why? Yeah, I'll give you I'll give you my reasoning. And if you remember, this was back in episode four, I think. It's the Bigfoot episode. Um, and we talked about how really the new iPhone isn't that much of an upgrade uh, unless there were caveats, unless you have 5G coverage, which most places don't nowadays, and unless you were on AT&T and could get the free upgrade, which, believe it or not, I have both of those. I have 5G, and I also am on AT&T and could get the free upgrade. So to be fair, I didn't exactly buy the new iPhone. I just gave them my old phone, and they gave me the new iPhone for free. So that's my justification. Mm. It's it's pretty nice. I mean, I, I might change my recommendation from that episode, but who knows? If you can get it for free, and you don't feel yes. bad about adding a pile of electronics to a landfill then yes just do it why not i'm well i'm pretty sure we talked to about apple's like environmental saving thing where they like didn't ship a power brick to save but then it's a different cable so you have to buy a power brick anyway i mean your old so, iphone no it doesn't work because it's a USB-C cable instead of a USB-A cable right it doesn't so work any so power, it's just yeah. like throw it in the trash right yeah just so you add it to, to the landfill and, let it yeah, melt and let future generations deal with that problem. But the new box is very nice. I, it's so <laughs> slim and I unbox it and I was like, oh, I'm fancy. And there's nothing in here but an iPhone and it was still $1,000. But for me, it was free. So there we go. <laughs> well, in a way. <laughs> and it is nice. 5G is great. So if you do have 5G, I'm going to change my recommendation and say you should get the new iPhone, okay. but only if you have 5G. So okay, yeah, that's that's where I'm at. All right. I will, oh, I will at least not judge you on the podcast. How about that? <laughs> you can judge me offline. Okay. Well, in other technology news that is outside of your own personal world, the CEOs of some of the largest tech companies, including Google and Facebook and Twitter, have been mm -hmm. in congressional hearings for the past several days. I don't know if it'll still be going on when uh, this podcast comes out, but it's been happening in the days leading up to the election. And it kind of reminds me of the congressional hearings that these same people were in, I believe, in 2018. And those ones were actually really hilarious. I don't know if you watched them, but it was kind of like the smartest, richest, like most powerful tech leaders in the world giving uh -huh. uh, Apple support help to con like congressmen. <laughs> yeah. They were asking some pretty hilarious questions. At one point, I remember a congressman was asking the CEO of Google if his iPhone could track him moving from one part of the room to another. <laughs> and the, the Google CEO was laughing at him while well, trying not to yeah. laugh at him, but you could tell right. that he was like, uh, sir, I really can't tell unless I can look at your phone. And the, um, the congressman thought that he had got him in a trap like oh you can't even tell what do you know really if if you the ceo <laughs> oh of gosh. google can't even tell if my iphone is tracking me and he doesn't <laughs> even know you know that google and yeah. apple are different 
Um, oh my god! I think these hearings that are happening uh, now in 2018, 2020 are a little bit different. They're a little more related to uh, like targeted advertising and the ability of social media platforms to manipulate and kind of transform the information and the news and the facts. And I use that term lightly right. um, <laughs> that you, the user receive through those social media platforms. Right. So there's been a lot of allegations or um, claims that different algorithms are used depending on who you are and different demographics right. receive different information um, and maybe misinformation through these social media platforms intentionally. And I think the government is just now starting to wake up to the fact that you can't let tech companies run rampant, unregulated, and that they are large enough and control a large enough part of the American psyche uh-huh. that they need some sort of regulation. And there have been regulations, but just like with any other big business, they pay plenty of money to have lobbyists go in both directions. So it's right. it's complex. And on one perspective, people like Facebook or companies like Facebook say, yeah, we do all of these extra um, privacy measures that aren't even required by the government, but they're on their other side fighting to keep certain regulations from being passed into law. So it's right. really kind of complex. So it's interesting too because this is it's the section two thirty. Mm-hmm. Like they're talking about wanting to repeal or kind of gut that regulation. And to me it almost kind of seems like um wanting to limit free speech in a way because basically section two thirty, the way I understood it when I was reading about it is it basically makes uh, content providers or networks or social media platforms or whatever not legally responsible for the content they they hold that their users post. So it's basically protecting you know Facebook from if there's you know you know racist comments or if there's you know anti-Semitic comments or whatever on their platform they can't be sued because they host that. They're just saying hey this is you know, the users are putting it up here. We're not speaking for the users. This is not related to us at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the interesting thing is they're now being, you know, kind of inquired into by the government because there was worry from some parts of the government that their information that they were wanting to spread is being flagged as false or whatever, which we won't go political because that's you know, massive worms, but it's interesting that that's coming up and then they're basically saying, well, Hey, if we repeal this, it's going to require us to kind of go through each piece of content that's posted and evaluate it and moderate it and kind of see if it fits against our guidelines or whatever. Um, and so it's basically making it so that they become more kind of content policed because they have to protect themselves legally. If this, because yeah if this is repealed because then they're legally responsible for any of the content. So I've always kind of been of the opinion like social media is a private thing. 
um, like privately owned, like that Facebook owns Facebook mm-hmm. and Instagram and all that stuff. So it's their property. They should be able to control what they want to moderate or what they want to censor because it's it's their property, you know, like I should be able to control what happens, you know, on my property and what is said. Like generally, if you're using my stuff, I want to be able to control what you do with it. And this kind of, you know, goes against that in a way. So it'll be interesting to kind of see what happens because on some hands, like obviously there's so much used or so many people use these software that it's like, at what point is it free speech? Like what point can't they moderate and what point can't they censor stuff? But on the other hand, it is like, it's their platform, it's their hardware, it's their software, like it's stuff they own. And when you sign up for it, you sign the agreement to, they can control what you say. You're choosing to kind of use their platform based on that restriction. So in a way it's kind of like, well, if you're trying to get information out and they moderate it and they censor it, you kind of already have agreed to it. So that sucks. You should find a different place to speak, you know? Yeah. I think about how much content is created on even just one place like Facebook, let alone if you're going to include Google and Twitter and who else, whatever else. And the process of having to moderate that to make sure that nothing offensive is put on. And then you also have to include who's determining what is offensive. Um, that seems like a very comprehensive process that would need to take place. Yeah, totally. And it just doesn't seem super practical to me, but I also understand that just allowing a, a unlimited platform for hate speech or like terrible things to be spoken in a public forum and Facebook or Twitter or whatever, stepping back and saying, bummer, it's a free country. Right. Is also not acceptable. So I guess there has to be some sort of in between, but that's a really gray area to define. Right. Which the, the nice thing about that, like it's up to whoever owns it to define where the line is in that gray area. Is that nice though? Because then it's just like well, a couple of people defining how millions of people like voice their selves. It's true. But in my opinion, if you don't like it, don't use their software. Don't use their platform. Like I don't agree with Facebook, so I don't use Facebook. Um, and sure, that's kind of hard to say because it's so ingrained in our society, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. And there's other platforms out there that you can use. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we can't count on our freedom of speech being protected when someone else controls it. And if you don't like how they're controlling it, then don't use it because it's not your choice necessarily. Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely a complicated issue. But to be honest, I think where we're at now is good, where Facebook can kind of choose what goes on their platform, um, but they can still you know moderate stuff. They're not forced to moderate everything and run everything through filters, but they can you know, block hate speech or block propaganda or whatever. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where it goes and kind of what comes out of it. And I know there's there've been stuff like this in the past where whole groups of people have been censored on Facebook and they've just been like, well, we're not going to use Facebook anymore if you're going to censor us. And they've gone and built their own, you know, platform for their own mm-hmm. community interaction or social outreach or whatever. So 
it's definitely possible. It's just kind of not a popular opinion, I don't think. <laughs> right. Another thing to keep in mind is that these are just hearings. They're not necessarily, tri- mm-hmm. they're not trials. Right. They're not being convicted of anything. Out. They're basically just answering questions, but nothing can, nothing is going to be changed as a result of these hearings directly. Right. Which is interesting. Okay. We'll see what happens. Yeah, it is interesting. Crazy stuff. It's just more crazy times this year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in a totally different direction, and to lighten it up a little bit, we've both found some really weird Kickstarters. Yes, we have. And I want to talk about them. I'm going to start. Um, I have one that caught my eye because of the name. Okay, this, hit me with This it. one is called Chili Bowl, <laughs> and it's not probably Ooh. what you're thinking. Um, but the, the, ta- the tagline of it is, the idea here is to have a bowling game with outdoor lanes that are covered in snow. Instead of gutters, there are walls of snow. And I thought, that is an idea. <laughs> this is, okay. like, sign me up. And okay. I started picturing bowling outside in Aspen or in Vancouver and uh-huh. how this is a, a revolution and you could start carving the balls out of ice and you could like I was picturing whole new bowling outfits that have uh-huh. like faux fur lining and right. it's it's a whole new demographic of people who are interested in bowling and as I started scrolling and reading and they have a like a sample video of their idea it's a cheesy app it's a game for bowling oh. And it's just oh. it's just a regular bowling game with piles of snow on the sides of it. So I was a little disappointed. Were there people by that. backing it? Uh, so they had a three three hundred dollar goal, and so far there has been one dollar pledged. <laughs> <laughs> Seems about right. Uh, oh and this gosh. was um, last updated in twenty fifteen. The project. Oh wow! The project was um, deemed unsuccessful because they didn't reach their goal. So <laughs> that's like the biggest roller coaster of a story I've ever been on. It's like, <laughs> no. okay, we're down here, chili bowl. It's just going to be like a bowl for like the chili soup. Exactly. Like, Whatever. And then it was like snow bowling. And I was like, okay, I'm interested. And then it was like bowling in snow. And I was like super interested. And then it was an app. And yeah, I'm crushed. I don't know how that would work though. Like you'd freeze if it was actually bowling outside. And snow isn't like as slippery as like a greased bowling lane so maybe we should try it maybe we should start a kickstarter for real with actual snow bowling and figure it out i think we'll need to do some testing first this this winter we'll use the bowling ball that you own or is it your wife one of the Uh, two no my wife owns it yeah (laughs) i don't own any bowling stuff you just got to set the record straight there (laughs) well we'll use that one and we'll create chili bowl in real life okay. chili bowl irl Ooh. it's the kickstarter yes. 2.0 and yes. i think that i guarantee we'll make more than a dollar yes <laughs> i think the main problem here is that the like geotagged location of this uh kickstarter is coral springs florida so as far as i know Oof. the guy his name is michael who created this kickstarter has never even seen snow he doesn't know how snow would react with a bowling ball <laughs> And that's probably where all of his potential backers lost faith. Okay, I just had a thought. We're basically talking about curling, aren't we? No, because that happens on ice. This is 
This is mm. a, it's still, well, I guess you could de- define, it could happen on ice, the sur- the bowling surface, uh-huh. but it could it's also. like curling s- with pins. Yeah. And a bowling ball and there's no brooms. Right. No one like okay, sweeps well, the field in front of it. It's, it's more like bowling, but with snow. Okay. <laughs> so the closest thing to snow bowling is going to be curling, but we're going to make snow bowling an actual thing. It's a whole new thing. Don't try okay. to well, belittle no it. No one by take it from it us. We're patenting else. this right now. This is ours. Well, it's so, really Michael's. Well, he failed, so it's ours now. <laughs> but he he was trying to make a game of like yeah, a, this is different. A a cheap web app or like a mobile game or something. I don't know. We're going to make the new winter experience. Yeah, this is going to be a 2030 Winter Olympic. Okay. It's a plan. We better get on that. Yeah. Okay. Well, can I go next? Yeah. And we'll flip-flop off. My weird Kickstarter, which I actually thought was amazing, and hopefully I'm not stealing one of yours, but we didn't check beforehand, is called the Prank Birthday Card. It raised $100,000. Wow. And the... um. The whole point of this card is it's just like a paper card like you'd buy at a store with like one of the little, you know, plays music when you open it, that kind of thing. But the trick with this one is when you open it, it like pulls the tab in the speaker and then the speaker won't stop playing happy birthday until the battery dies. <laughs> so you're basically like sentencing this person to, you know, those batteries are decent and it doesn't take much power. It's like mm-hmm. two weeks of nonstop happy birthday out of this card. Wow. And so, yeah, they raised $100,000 to make this. And I think that's amazing. And I would definitely buy that like several times in my life. So good for you guys. Why do you think that idea required $100,000? I don't think it did. I think that's just the amount they raised. So it's like they maybe had like $1,000 or whatever. And then people were like, this is freaking amazing. And then they got $100,000. So I don't know enough about Kickstarter to answer this question. What happens if you have a goal of $1,000 and end up raising $100,000. Do you just keep that money or do you make 100 times as many cards? Well, so typically they've got like rewards, right? So if you pledge a certain level, you'll get a certain reward. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they'll sometimes have like stretch goals. So it's like, for example, so I'm looking at their Kickstarter now, the birthday card, their goal was $7,500 and they, re- they got... $92,000 basically. Um, and so a lot of times they'll add stuff like um, extra features or like extra rewards or whatever for stretch goals, which then they just put towards like R&D or production or whatever. With something this simple, it was probably just they made cards for everybody who wanted them. Mm-hmm. And then they just had a lot of extra money to put wherever. Go to the Bahamas. Or, yeah, whatever. <laughs> There's not much more like R&D or growth you can do on a birthday card company. That's kind of, you've right. maxed out once you have your first amount of money. So That was my thought. You just get a regular happy birthday card and pull out that little and piece of paper speaker. that yeah. stops it from yeah. S- stopping. Yeah. Yeah, right. it's. I mean, it's a great idea. Like, it's super simple, but it's actually, like, genius, and no one had done it before, and they just, like, took a chance on it and yeah. made six figures. So, so who would you, you send guys. that to? Who who do you dislike that much? I would send much? it to anyone. No, it's just awesome. I'd send it to you for sure. Mm. But basically anyone whose birthday it is, except for like... No, I'd send it to anyone. Anyone I know. <laughs> Did they say how much they would, the card would be? Let me look real quick. 
Let me uh, pull it back. I would probably on pay... On my new iPhone 12, it's super fast. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I would probably would pay, pay... I don't know, 7 to $10, depending on the design and the quality, and if they could guarantee it would go for like a week or something like that. Okay. They have a bunch of them, like a bunch of different styles, it looks like. Um, Do they have one that can play... Uh, that song of oh man i forget what it's called it's like that uh frog that was riding the motorcycle thing it was a youtube what? video that was popular 10 years ago and the frog is riding this oh, weird frog. motorcycle um up and down <laughs> up and down um <laughs> skyscrapers in this weird city it's like I know the song, but I don't know yeah, that video. You know, okay, but you know that song, right? Yes. If they had I'm one sure that they... played that song, I would send it to everyone I know and say, enjoy the next week of your life listening to this song over and over oh, again. Oh, gosh. <laughs> they have like a ton of them, apparently. They've got one that's like, it plays punk rock. They've got one that's just farting noises. Um, they've got one that's cats meowing. Uh, they've got one that's a baby crying. Oh, gosh. Oh, wow. That's That's Macarena's on here. And believe it or not, they have some that, looking at their website now, that will, like, fling glitter out when they're open. So they've got, like, a little, like, some sort of contraption to spray glitter everywhere when you open the card. So you're getting glitter bombed and endless stuff. Um, Those are $15. They they cost $11 per card. So, Hmm. not awful. I mean... I would do that in a gift card and that'd be a great <laughs> like 30 bucks well spent or whatever. Yeah. So, All right. I am going to save this website actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, well, spoiler alert, I think all of the Kickstarters I found failed. So it's nice that we're highlighting one that you can actually go to and profit off of. Yeah, that is nice. I think all of mine were successful. Oh, well, that's the difference between you and I. It's okay. Well, it's your turn, so... Okay, well, the the next one that I found um, is called The Dirty But Clean Children's Book. (laughs) Oh, gosh, that seems wrong. (laughs) I know. The tagline for this one is, a a children's book to keep your mind in the gutter while reading it to your kids. (laughs) So they have like a whole description, and I'll just find uh, the sample. So you need to put like not safe for work no, notice here or it's something. Not, okay. It's not that bad. Okay. I mean, they still have to work it into a children's book and okay, okay. like be in the context of that. So there's not any like language or anything. But here's their sample text. Kitty decided to play a prank and took Richard's bone and hid it in her box. But oh, but they gosh. like bolded certain words. <laughs> oh. So it's weird. They go on and describe it and like there's um, there's some uh, animation. Is that, that's, not, that's not the right word. Illustrations? Illustrations, yes. Yeah. And they have nothing to do with the dirty part of right. the book. But the idea is um, that it's a children's book that's like a regular book, but thinly veiled like innuendo. Uh-huh. The creators of this Kickstarter are an aunt and uncle that apparently read to their niece and nephew all the time and get bored of what they read. And so they wanted something more interesting to read to their 
niece and nephew. And I thought it was hilarious, but also a terrible idea. Like there's some good children's literature out there. You just got to find it. (laughs) I feel like you'd get bored of it after the first time, but maybe you just like, you're into that kind of thing and you would just laugh every time. Who knows? Maybe. There are certain types of people. It's kind of like the movie Shrek in a book. Right. Yeah. I, I think it's, I think it's a bad idea ultimately. Yeah, I I agree. Don't do that. That's so their great. their goal was a little over $5,000. This was back in 2014 by the way. Mm-hmm. And they had two backers and raised a total of $379. <laughs> so they were Oof. they were uh I don't know what is that? Less than a fifth or less than 5% of the way there. Yeah, that's not super great. And you never know, those two backers could have been them. Yeah, they very well could have been, just so that it looked <laughs> like they weren't as much of a failure as Chili Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, they did make more money, so on the surface of things... Well, they don't get to keep it unless they make their goal. True. They theoretically could have made more money. That's true. they didn't, because writing a perverted children's book is a bad idea. Okay, next, Kickstarter. Please. My next Kickstarter, somehow the birthday card I could see, like I was like, yes, this is a great idea. This one I was like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my whole life. But somehow it still well exceeded its goal and is in now production. Um, this Kickstarter is called The Ostrich Pillow. And oh, it, I think I've seen this. Have you? Well, that's good. Um, I'll explain it to you guys who can't see things and Riley I'll show you a picture <laughs> but it's uh it's basically this like giant yeah padded hat I've never seen thing. it in real life but I've seen like videos of it or something yeah it's like this giant padded hat that makes you look like a bobblehead and it's got like a hole for your head and then two holes for your hands and so you like you put it on your head like you would like a like an astronaut helmet and it's this giant padded thing, and you like. The point of it is to let you take a nap anywhere, so it like will brace on your shoulders, so like it will sit on your shoulders, and then like enclose your whole head, so your head can like lean and like sit sideways and be comfortable. And it also has holes above your head if you're wearing it standing up, where your hands go, so that you can just like face plant on like a desk or something and put your hands in and your hands will be warm (laughs) and so the whole point of this thing is like their tagline i'll pull it up on the kickstarter website and i'll read you the tagline their tagline is ostrich pillow offers a micro environment in which to take a comfortable power nap in the office traveling or wherever you want in the office (laughs) and so i guess the point is like oh if you're at work and you're tired you can just face plant on your desk and take a nap with your hands by your head being warmed if you are in the kind of office environment where that would not be judged (laughs) and you would not be like ostrich guy forever savor that i know enjoy the fact that you are in such a welcoming and open office environment because i feel like that's the exception not the rule yeah no joke at that point you might as well just bring like a cot and a pillow (laughs) and fully lean into that environment because it's going to be nicer than the ostrich pillow yeah um so they their goal was uh, $70,000, which is a lot for a pillow. But they raised $200,000 from 2,000 backers. Um, so, and they are for sale. 
I have a, a decent sized nose and I okay. can't imagine just like face planting on a desk and my nose not getting in the way. I feel like that would be uncomfortable. Can you talk about the padding on the face? Yeah, do, do so I'm looking at that? a picture right now and it basically has complete face padding except for like a small, what looks to be like a three inch circle just around your nose and mouth so you can breathe. Hmm. But it looks like the padding like extends well past your face. Like one of those massage like giant, table donuts? Yeah, basically. It honestly looks like if you were to take an onion, like a giant onion, and put it on your head and just carve like a little baby hole for your mouth to stick out of. That's what this pillow looks like. So they look, I mean, I can see why it would be nice in a way, but also you look so stupid that it's not worth it. And also they're $100. $100? Just take a normal pillow with you. (laughs) Wow. I was not expecting that. Uh, No, you never do, but they always get you. Wow. Okay. So I, I don't know if there's much more to say about that besides if you can do that at work, just buy a normal pillow and then you're set. Well, I do think that it has, I like the idea of not having to tilt your neck 90 degrees. Right. If you were going to take a nap on a desk. I wonder how well it works though. Cause like that's the point behind like travel pillows for like airplanes too, is like you can rest and not use your neck, but they don't work that well. So maybe we should withhold judgment until we try one of these. And then who knows? It could be the new like revolution in sleep technology. It is a completely different pillow design because travel pillows are around your neck and you uh-huh. lean back against your seat or the side of the plane or whatever. And mm. it tries to support your neck while your head, head tilts back. And this right. ostrich pillow supports your head while it's resting on a big flat surface. Right. And that's different than your pillow in your bed, which is just laying in whatever direction your the rest of your body is. So So what I hear you saying is we should buy an ostrich pillow and test it and then let people know if it's great. I I do kind of I de- I would not say no to trying it if one okay. just appeared at my front door. Well, how about this? If our podcast viewers Send us an ostrich pillow, (laughs) (laughs) then we'll test it out. Yeah, if you send us an ostrich pillow, we will, I guess we'll get around to testing it out and tell you how we feel. Yeah. It'll be great. Okay, well, that's all of my Kickstarter, so let's jump back to your next one. Okay, this next one is really important, and it's called The Hero in All of Us, colon, Portrait of America. And... I'm honestly not sure if this is a documentary or just a random thing that some person wants to do. There's a lot of documentaries (laughs) on Kickstarter. Okay. But the tagline of this one, or the explanation is, we will travel through the U.S. and transform average and not-so-average citizens into superheroes, creating a unique national portrait. So I don't know if they're going to take pictures of these people or... It's unclear, but I don't think it matters. Basically, what they plan to do is we'll go around dressed as superheroes. This guy has a luchador mask on and a big silvery, shiny cape and tights. And so he's (laughs) in some sort of subway or metro system walking around talking to people. 
and asking them if they had a superpower, what would it be? What are their like greatest ambitions or goals? And what would they do if they were a superhero or if they had superpowers? Okay. And he asks them these questions and then apparently transforms them into a superhero by giving them a cape and painting their face and taking pictures with them like those ones where you lay on your stomach and put your arms in the air like you're <laughs> Superman. Uh-huh. And I think it's to create a collage of the American landscape in and have put superheroes in the daily environment, which is kind of cool, but also the just the the outfit of this guy and the ones that he puts on <laughs> other people are super cheesy. I'm sure he spent less than $10 on all of these outfits. So if I'm hearing you right, he wants people to give him money to go around the U.S. and dress people up as superheroes and take pictures of them. I think so. Kind of is is the whole the whole thing. Yes, basically. Okay. And there are six different pledge categories. The lowest one is starting at $5,000 and the highest one goes up to $50,000. So it's a it's a like high powered campaign. Uh-huh. And there are 58 backers. There are 58 really? people who are willing to pay that amount of money to see <laughs> this project through. It's categorized as art and there's all sorts of information about this guy's book and DVD. The only way that I can justify that this makes sense is that this guy is a legitimate famous artist. He's geotagged in Brussels, Belgium. So maybe he's famous there or maybe I'm just (laughs) ignorant and don't know this person. I can't find his name on the uh, Kickstarter. So maybe people just really support his work and this is one of those avant-garde kind of things. Mm-hmm. But the craziest part about all of this is that even though he has 58 backers all pledging in these pledge categories, I he didn't meet his goal of $100,000. So how much was raised? <laughs> um, like 78000 But this was back Dang. in 2011 was the last update. That's so, still a lot of money for that. That's crazy. I know. I think if he had just lowered his goal... Uh, it doesn't. You don't need seventy eight thousand dollars to travel around America and take pictures no. of people in the subway. You can do that for like two hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, depending on how you travel. But I just uh, think that this one is bizarre. I don't understand it. I'm. I must be missing something. Yeah, that's. That just doesn't make sense to me. We must both just be uncultured or something. Yeah. <laughs> there. He must have like. He he's got to have craft service traveling around with him or something. Yeah, to, something. I don't know. Th- so, this is just a a really strange one. I want to move on to one that will be near and dear to both of our hearts. <laughs> okay. It's called Disc Gulp the Game. Disc Gulp, like with a P. <laughs> yeah, 
and okay. it's called it's categorized as the premier disc golf card game <laughs> okay <laughs> so this guy a thing it's not he's trying to create it <laughs> this i i think this is the only one that i have that is still like raising money it's still a potential thing that could happen um but this guy just invented a a disc golf related game also known as frolf to yep. to the layman or maybe to the opposite of the layman <laughs> um but he says that he the originally created yeah he he originally created this game as a surprise addition to his annual disc golf camping trip with his friends where he just huh. drew the cards um but 2 years later he he's doubled down and created countless of rounds of these there's over 200 decks which can't be right that's so what? many playing cards <laughs> even if there was just like 10 cards in a deck that's 2000 cards <laughs> to create that's so many cards oh of gosh. any type of game um i've not watched the game the the video of how to play this but i just think it's i think it's a drinking game which is why it's called disc gulp and there's a okay picture, yeah that makes sense picture of a bottle upside down in the middle of those two words on the logo but um there you basically combine it says you combine the sports of disc golf russian roulette and the wonders of beer. <laughs> what? So you it sounds like the ultimate college game. Yeah, to be honest. probably. <laughs> um, so I just think that this might be something that you and I need to invest in. Let's see. Uh, is it a thing? Is it available? Or it doesn't. Did it, fail? it doesn't say that the project has been canceled or um, has ended or been terminated or anything like that. The last update was in 2017, which does make me a little mm. nervous. But there are 32 They have a website, though. Yeah, they have a website. You can click follow along on this page, which means I think that they're still active or doing something. And they have 32 backers that have pledged over $3,000. But I don't... Oh, yeah, their their goal was 3000 So I guess they, so they hit did their get goal. It. Yeah. So okay, this is well. this is a thing. Maybe we need to do a follow-up episode where we play Disculp live on the podcast. <laughs> we should. Let's Do you know how much they are? I don't. I didn't look at that. I don't know if that was in the um Kickstarter. But this says It says you can okay, order I'm it. I'm on their website right now. Okay. This says that the complete Disculp includes 50 plus uniquely designed and developed cards. Um, it's $18. Okay. For the pack. A lot. You could buy five ostrich pillows with that amount of money. Or no, you could buy, you, you could, could buy wait. <laughs> a fifth of an ostrich pillow. A fifth of an, yes. <laughs> Which pr- fifth would you want though? I'd probably want the like left fifth. I would want the fifth just surrounding the nose and mouth part. <laughs> just like a little face ring. <laughs> yeah. Just to rest my face. Oh man. Okay. Well, yeah, maybe we should look into ordering this and try it out. Cause yeah. that sounds pretty fun. It's a lot cheaper than an ostrich pillow. Yeah. I can afford $18 split yeah. two ways. Obviously. Yeah. It's really just $9. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, man. Okay. okay, well, we found one Kickstarter we're going to try. Yeah, I have one more one real quick. Okay. And then this will be the last one. This one is called Poop Bag of the Month. And, uh, yep, it's, 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 it's well-designed and artistic poop bags to put the poop from your animals in. Oh, okay. <laughs> what did you think? See, I thought, <laughs> you know how they've got like the like whiskey of the month and they'll ship you, you know, samples of whiskey. I thought they were going to ship you like different species of like animal poop <laughs> for whatever use you were going to use them for. <laughs> this is a monthly subscription service, but they send you every month a poop, a roll of poop bags with okay. a different design on them. So there'll be caricatures or some art artist's design or okay. whatever on these poop bags. See, the issue I have with that is I've never like picked up dog poop and been like, man, I wish this bag looked a little nicer. The two steps I'm going to the trash can. Yeah. This is a New York city thing where you oh, have to, okay. where you're walking your dog and you have to pick up the poop and walk around with the bag until you get back home to your, um, trash can. Okay. And, and you're seeing people and you want to make a statement with your poop bag. So one of the examples had a caricature of a political figure I won't say which one, but you could probably guess. <laughs> and so, you know, it's a statement to be walking around with a bag of crap with right. a, a politician's face on it. Right. And so there was other like clever things on these bags. And um, it's kind of an interesting concept. I don't think you need to be sent like well-designed poop bags to your home every, <laughs> every month, month a subscription service <laughs> and pay for shipping and handling and add all of those shipment um costs and yeah uh packing materials to the landfills of the world but <laughs> this was last updated in 2016 there was 12 backers to it that's pretty good they had a pledge goal of four thousand dollars and Almost got to $400. See, this is one that I think would have been more because, well, it doesn't apply to me at all. I feel like some people would do that because I've seen other people buy like some crazy stuff for their dogs. Yeah. Um, even stuff that's like disposable or whatever. So I, I, I would have seen that being more successful than just 14 people. I think so too. I think, I think it, with the right advertising, this could potentially have worked i think one of their problems mm. was that the like bottom three pledge categories are under ten dollars yeah. gotcha. so you can commit and say you're interested in and get two months of poop bags for five dollars so huh. you're really not yeah, committing not to much. much yeah um but that's more of like a kickstarter uh structure problem i guess with the the creators of this kickstarter they have a whole plan well or right. something yeah this kickstarter has a whole video on the background of people picking up their poop their dog's poop in new york city apparently up until the 80s or 90s it was not something that you do 
your dog would just poop on the side of the street or the sidewalk right and you just leave you it just leave you it. just walk away that's not something that I, I didn't know that and it was a kind of a social campaign to get people to start picking up their dog's poop but that seemed like such a barbaric disgusting thing to do <laughs> and it was a kind of a long-term thing to get people to start doing it huh and this is I guess an extension of that process to make it kind of cool and a fashion statement to be walking around with your dog's crap. Well, you know, the saying you can't polish a turd (laughs) kind of applies here. (laughs) Wow. That was well, that was well-timed. Thank you. I'll be here all week. (laughs) Well done. I don't think I can top that. (laughs) Well, should we send it out then? Yeah, let's. Uh, you can find us. Let's see. Where can you find us? Basically everywhere. Wherever you're listening to this. Oh, nice. You can find us. Uh, there are new episodes on Mondays and Wednesdays. And uh, if you like what you heard today, you, we'd ask that you'd send this podcast to them. They might be interested in, in this podcast as well. Um, as always, you can reach us at Podcast at gmail.com. I really think that the 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 weird designs on the poop bags would be something that <laughs>